mind when I say Tibet? The beautiful Himalayan mountains? The Dalai Lama? Or the famous movie Seven Years in Tibet? There are so many books and movies about Tibet. No doubt they're wonderful, but they're usually not from a Tibetan's perspective. And I need to say this, we're so much more than momos and singing bowls. I don't even confirm if singing bowls are a Tibetan thing. <laughs> to give you that authentic sense of what Tibet is and what our culture truly is like, we are here once again with season two of Waking Up Closer to Tibet. Hi, I am Benzin. I am so many things professionally, but at my very core, I am a Tibetan. Join me in this brand new season as I speak to some of the most celebrated Tibetan names who know Tibet in their own unique ways. Ten marvelous episodes with five amazing guests. In this season, I will be having the privilege of being in conversation with His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama, Geshe Thupten Jimpa, Geshe Dorji Damdo, Pechung and Reka Gava. So don't forget to tune in every Wednesday as we get, bit by bit, closer to Tibet. Welcome back, Tashi Delay, everyone. We are continuing our conversation with Geshe Dorji Damdul. Geshe La is the director of Tibet House in New Delhi. He was appointed as the official translator for His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama since 2005. And today in this episode, we are continuing our discussion on how we can master our mind for happiness, for peace, for success, and to live our best life, really. And to also give you a little sneak peek into the world of, um, you know, Geshe Dorji love how he um, directs the Tibet house and what is Tibet house, um, you know, everything about it. And, of course, his experience serving as the interpreter for His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, for several years. Um, you know, he's been involved in doing written translations for so many uh, texts. Uh, he you know, has translated, um, you know, ancient Tibetan texts into English. Um, he's worked with um, renowned uh, psychologist, Dr. Paul Ekman, uh, because he was assigned uh, by the Office of His Holiness to actually collaborate with Dr. Paul Ekman, uh, who, was, uh, who is one of the pioneer researchers in the field of microfacial expression. So I'm so excited to be having this conversation with Geshe Dorji Damdo. So, Pandit Arya Nagarjuna once said, for whom emptiness is possible, everything is possible. What is your take on that? Because do you believe emptiness is enlightenment? Do you think what they call param artha, like finding the true meaning, right? Is emptiness param artha? What is the relationship between emptiness and enlightenment? Okay, um, usually enlightenment has a connotation 
or something uh, spiritual. Hmm. But to be very honest, before we go to enlightenment, the first question is, we all, whatever religion that you are following, even if you don't believe in any religion, it's fine. What do you want? This is how we have to begin our, say, the, the our journey of these questions and uh, the exploration. What do you want? What are you seeking? As I said earlier, um, it is a universal fact that we are all seeking to get rid of miseries and to get it, to have as expansive happiness as possible. So, for that matter, what is enlightenment? Enlightenment has to be has to make sense only in relation to what you seek, because if you seek to get rid of all the fears of life and to embrace the maximum happiness. So, the fearlessness and the infinite happiness is known as enlightenment. So with this, how to get it? How to get it? Um, Arinigarjuna taught the concept of emptiness. So how do you correlate? How do you see the concept of emptiness and enlightenment? Whether or not these two are compatible? If yes, how? This question. So the emptiness. Emptiness should not be understood as the nothingness. It simply means empty of independent existence. For example, we talk about who? Who is WHO? Okay, what is who? You don't know the meaning of who, right? Who are you? This is not a meaning that I'm asking. I'm asking what is the full form of who? WHO. So, we're not to take this literally as who are you. It's simply a short form of World Health Organization. Likewise, emptiness. Emptiness should not be taken as literally to see that everything is empty. Okay. It is a short form of emptiness of independent existence. So we have two views. One, you see, uh, we see ourselves, for example, when the when we feel inflated with ego. Ego, what is the sense of I? That this this I and I'm so independent. I'm independent of you. I don't care about you. This is our attitude when you're inflated with ego. Mm-hmm. Or there, a sense of independence comes. And this sense of independence, it is by no means of any benefit to you. It harms you. Because as the sense of inflation comes, inflation of ego comes, when something goes wrong, you feel so agitated. This is the outcome of the ego. And the ego is the outcome of the belief in the independent entity of the self, that the self is independent, not dependent on other people. So um, this is one, say, the, the, the point. Now, the next point, if you see that you are not independent, you are dependent, then your respect for others grow. When you respect others, automatically others will reciprocate with love and affection. And everybody loves love and affection. You feel so happy. In fact, oftentimes I ask people, I say, just tell me one moment when you feel the happiest in in your life. So many of them, uh, they would, you know, it's all related to the love and affection. Say the mothers would say that. In fact, there was one gentleman from um, England when I was giving up say, a series of that talk um, to a group of uh, people from the various parts of the world. 
And I asked this question. One gentleman said very poignantly that uh, the uh, the happiest moment in, in his life, he must be in his uh, late 30s or early 40s. Okay. And he said that the happiest moment in my life was when I was holding the hand of my one-day-old daughter. Okay. When he was saying this, it was... You could feel from his facial expression hmm. that what, what kind of feeling, the feeling of love, feeling of joy that he feels so pure joy. So this feeling of the joy everybody craves for, and yet it comes only from the feeling of affectionate love. So this affectionate love, what creates this feeling of affectionate love? That is what we are seeking because that gives you the happiness that you're seeking. And it's, let's say, the, a small child coming from the boarding school and um, visiting the parents after nine months. Oh, every cell of the child will feel relaxation, will feel relaxed when in front of the parents. Why? Because the, 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 the child could feel this love from the parents. So this love and affection gives you what is the joy and that it dissolves your fear so the point is that the um, this understanding of the uh, the let's say what we don't like is the fear and the, the stress fear and stress they are somehow related to the say the seeing the, the self as particularly seeing the self as independent independent of others and then the, it gives rise to ego and the ego, it, the repercussion of this ego is that you feel so instantly agitated when something goes wrong. So, uh, the uh, this is the because of this all this agitation which you don't like is because of the belief in the independent self, self to be independent of others. Whereas Arunagarjuna says that there is no independent self; self is dependent on others. <laughs> Knowing this automatically. When I know that, when I know that, okay, my promotion depends on my boss. Automatically, I'll be very kind, very gentle, very nice to my boss. Yes. Whereas if I, if I have a very strong connection with my mm-hmm. boss, my boss, the CEO, then I may just ignore my boss, my immediate boss. <laughs> I may ignore. Because even my boss, um, they think of firing me. But I know that I have this CEO behind me. <laughs> means that I'm independent of you. When you have a sense of independence, that I'm independent from you, then the, the, the distance is created, then the ego is built up, and then the, the chemistry between you and the other person is it becomes very sour. And when they find you are not going to meet you every day, you meet your immediate boss every day. Every day you are unhappy. Deep inside you might have an ego. That I have mm-hmm. this ego behind me. But every day you have to see the face of your immediate boss and you are very unhappy. This is so unwise. Yes. In fact, I say the one a small real life anecdote to share with, anecdote to share with you mm-hmm. that once I was going from Manali to uh, to Lahul Spiti. So there we had to, in those days, we had to cross one pass. Okay. And the, uh, what I, it was my first time. I had no experience. It was my first time uh, crossing the pass. And there were thousands of cars going um, there along this pass. And suddenly what happened was that my the, the, the taxi in which I, the taxi which I booked, which I was in, 
Hmm. And actually got stuck there. Okay. Tiny, you know, stuck there. And I was, I thought, okay, now finish. So now the, the, the no mechanics. So it was like the several hours already up there. Hmm. And 